Hello everyone and welcome into Tim Talk Sports. My name is Tim and today we're going to be talking about sports. Usually specifically I talk about on this show the Rockies, the Nuggets, the Rams, the other Rams. Basically those did I say four things? Those four things. Um, but there's also free flow, big events in sports. Um, something popped up since I recorded the Broncos show today, so we'll talk about some football that happened. MLB free agency is happening right now. We're going to talk about MLB free agency. Um, that's pretty much it. Uh, we're going we're gonna to talk about the main reason we're recording this. CSU is playing San Diego State. San Diego is not a state. For everyone who is unaware, they are not a state. Check and check. But they're going to be playing their dumbasses at 9.59 p.m. Mountain Time. I don't understand. It's a college, right? They have maps. There's a library. I don't know why libraries exist. Uh, but they have libraries. Um, anyways, let's talk about sports. Uh, the Texans, sorry, clapped. Uh, the Texans, QB, Deshaun Watson has been told that he won't be facing criminal charges from the grand jury. It's not the same thing as he didn't slap a woman in the face with his penis, but the grand jury has decided that the penis wagging will go unpunished, at least by the local jurisdiction. There are other jurisdictions. The player crossed state lines, so he could have committed a federal offense. There are state um, police forces who could potentially go after him. Um, but the local jurisdiction, yeah, the Harris County District Attorney has decided not to press charges. So he could still get charges pushed, put, uh, put against him from other agencies across this fair country of ours. But as of right now, it looks like he's going to get away scot clean. Um, I think that's the expression. As far as criminal charges are concerned, he, he's going to have to pay somebody money. It's probably going to be a couple hundred thousand a human being. A lot of human beings. It's going to be an expensive day for Deshaun Watson. That being said, he's going to be able to make money next year, probably, uh, barring an NFL suspension, which can happen without criminal cause. You can suspend a player without an indictment, without a guilty plea. The NFL has the authority to suspend suspend people for conduct sorry, little conduct detrimental to the league. They have to protect the shield. Slapping people with your penis is conduct detrimental to the league. So there seems to be reasonable suspicion, reasonable evidence that he will be suspended a few games next year. That it's not going to stop teams, specifically the Seattle Seahawks, who are currently without a franchise quarterback after dealing Russ Wilson, and uh, with and uh, the Carolina Panthers, who just have Sam Darnold and they're not happy about it. The Seahawks is funny though, right? Because we we didn't give them that many picks for Russ Wilson. We gave them five picks. They gave us one back, net four, two first, two seconds, and a third, or I think. Deshaun Watson is going to cost more than that. Plus, we gave them. A first-round pick that was not panning out in Noah Fant. And Shelby Harris, who was on a bloated brand-new deal and is a... Like, we love Shelby. We love Shelby. And he had a skill set that is unmatched in the league. 
in that he can swap balls at the line of scrimmage like no one else in the league can. But he plays a replaceable position. We didn't send out Pat, Pat Sertan. We did not send out, I don't know, Garrett Bowles. Or everybody seems to be like stoked that we kept Jerry Judy. I mean, Jerry Judy and Noah Fant, they're the, they're the same to me as of right now. Now, maybe Drew Locke threw the ball a bit too hard. Maybe Russ is going to be able to throw that in the sweet spot, and Jerry Judy can catch the fucking football. So, we got back to back to Russ Wilson somehow. Regardless, I I mean, the Seahawks are going to trade are going to try to trade for Deshaun Watson, and they're going to be out more picks than what we gave them. The problem with their team is that they were thin at every position, so they needed picks to replenish the positions. They were up against the cap before they started releasing players. I, I don't know what they're doing. They just they should have gutted the entire franchise and started from scratch. It doesn't look like they're going to do that. It does not look like they're going to do that. Um, Adam Schefter also tweeted something about uh, like the vindication of Deshaun Watson. People didn't like it. Check it out online. It was not a popular take. Baseball news. Free agency, baby. We're talking about baseball. This one kind of got me by the nanner a little bit. We've got Clayton Kershaw resigning with the Dodgers. One year, $17 million. It's a no-brainer. It was going to happen. The thing that gets me about Clayton Kershaw signing for one year and $17 million is that they declined to issue him a qualifying offer. Qualifying offer making him a restricted free agent. So if somebody else signed him or attempted to sign him, they would have recourse to retain or get compensation back. So they declined to issue him that offer for fear that Clayton Kershaw would pick up his one-year 18.6, I believe, qualifying offer. So the Dodgers risked the face of their franchise walking away and going to pitch someplace else for an ungodly amount of money over $1.6 million, a many billion dollar, a franchise that's worth many billions of dollars and is the wealthiest in Major League Baseball and has the largest payroll in Major League Baseball. It seems like a slight to me. Maybe there was a handshake agreement that this was going to happen so they wouldn't issue, but it seems like you just issue it. It's just it's just a knee-jerk thing. You just issue the qualifying offer. So, yeah, so I just I thought it seemed like a slap. It seemed like a slap in the face sort of deal, but maybe I'm rating too much into it because I hate the Dodgers. Also, I hate the Giants, and they just signed Carlos Rodon to two years, $44 million. I always hope good things for Carlos Rodon. I, uh, I wanted the Rockies to go after him. He's a talented left-hander. He just has had a bad shake to the start of his career. If he came to Colorado, he would fucking die or something. I don't know, but he has had a tough start to his career. Lots of injuries, um, but, you know... I want success for Rodon because, you know, I'm, I'm an underdog kind of di- guy, but also, um, I don't know. He plays for the Giants, so maybe maybe not. Maybe I hope he's fucking terrible. Maybe I hope he loses every goddamn game from now for the next two years, and he hopes his 40, he collects his $44 million and is stoked about it. The Raiders signed up Max Crosby. Uh, go figure. That's not what I was going into, though. Because we're talking about baseball. Further news around baseball. All right. The Cubs signed Andrelton Simmons. So this sounds like a nothing story because Andrelton Simmons is a has-been. Um, 
he, he still can't hit. He hasn't been able to hit for a few years. He wasn't very good at hitting when he could hit. That being said, he was probably the best option for the Rockies to play shortstop next year. Unless for some reason Trevor Story decides he's he needs to prove it year because of that wrist and he comes back for, for one year and like twenty two million dollars or whatever. And Jelton Simmons was the best player you going to, you were going to get to play shortstop this year for the Rockies. So he's gone. Um Jose Iglesias, probably the next best option. He is worse at defense and worse eh, he's probably the same at hitting. Trevor Bauer, uh, we won't go into Trevor Bauer because who the fuck cares? There's an odd sequence of events that was that came out due to or came out from Patrick Saunders today, um, about four o'clock. It was earlier than that because I saw it at like two two thirty. Uh, at like two thirty, Patrick Saunders said that the Rockies had mild interest in Conforto, but he was not a top priority, and that they were looking into pursuing other free agents. Nearly the next moment later, word breaks that the Rockies are looking into stinky Albert Pujols. Albert Pujols. It doesn't make any sense. right? So the Rockies have a first baseman. They play at altitude, so they need an open DH spot to rotate players into to give them additional rest. They don't have a franchise that's knocking on the door, so the Jer- the Jason Giambi player is not necessary. The thumper that can come in in the ninth inning and wallop a ball off the fence or over the wall is not necessary because you're going to win 80 games this year maximum. So the Albert Pujols doesn't make any sense to me at all, especially given the fact that Bill Schmidt told us before the lockout that the Rockies were not going to be looking into signing a full-time DH. Seems seems like it's not the case. It better be like for virtually no money because I don't it, it doesn't seem like a good use of money. I put it into Michael Conforto. Get Michael Conforto. Uh, more news that is just really fucking depressing is that the Los Angeles Dodgers are looking into Signing Freddie Freeman for an ungodly amount of money. It's just, this sport, we just got through the CBA negotiation. So nothing is going to change for a very long time. At least five years. And probably it won't happen until long after I die. Or long after baseball dies. They need a salary cap. There's no reason that the Rockies and the Dodgers should be playing for the same championship. It's fucking insane. There needs to be a profit-sharing system in the league so that a salary cap system works and teams pay, have to play by the same rules. The Rockies are not the most dramatic example of this. The Marlins, they already had a tiny salary. Derek Jeter just left because the owner is going to cut salary. They didn't have any players on the fucking team to cut. And they're going to slash salary. The Rays, the Pirates... The Orioles, these teams all have no salary on the books. The Rangers last year, they have a shitload now, but no salary. It's just, how can this team, I mean, I know how, obviously, because the stadium sells out all the time, even if they don't show up till the fifth inning, and their TV contract's massive. But I don't understand how the teams of that caliber and the teams of the lower caliber are expected 
to compete. Jeff Passan tweeted not that long ago that there is no correlation between spending and winning. I call bullshit. I call bullshit. There may not be a correlation between spending and winning, like entry into the postseason. Anybody can get into the postseason. It's five spots. Now there's six. There's five spots. Anybody can get into the yard and, and, and win 90 games in a year. The, the Giants won 90, uh, like over 100 games last year. Everybody thought they'd be a 500 team. Right around, maybe less. They won 100 games. There's no reason that these teams should be playing the same fucking league. If you're not going to make the rules unilaterally equal for, for every franchise... And people talk about salary cap like it's a bad thing. You don't have to go the NFL route. The NFL has profit sharing. When you own a franchise, you own one thirty-second of the league. It's not like you own the Colorado Rockies. You own one thirty-second of the league. Everybody except for the the Cowboys gets the same money in. The Cowboys aren't a part of the same apparel merchandising deal because Jerry Jones knows that he can make more money doing it his own way. But every team makes the same amount of money out of league revenue and therefore is willing to spend all the money. If teams in the NFL don't spend, it's because of where their team is at in the standings. They want to roll over. And they do. They do roll over salary into the next year because no team wants to be a loser long term. Even the Jaguars. Every like few years, when the Jaguars feel like they're going to be the team, they go and they spend in free agency. There was a while there where every single player that the Broncos like graduated would go and play for the Jaguars. The, most of them didn't succeed because, believe it or not, there's some systemic success driven from what the Broncos used to have. Anyways, what I'm saying is the NFL doesn't have the problem that the other leagues have where each team negotiates its own deals, makes its own money, Yada yada yada, but the NBA is where you have to, where you have to draw inspiration from. The Oklahoma City Thunder are twenty million below the salary floor. Now, we'll go into this first. The NBA is a salary cap, salary floor. I've I've spent way too much time on this. All this came. From, we'll talk about salary cap another day. All this came from the Dodgers are able to spend way too much money. It makes me sad when the Dodgers sign away Freddie Freeman from the Atlanta Braves. Not that I give a shit that the Braves win, but it'd be like the Rockies losing Todd Helton. Some teams aren't sentimental about their prize character-driven first baseman, like the Cubs who just gave away Anthony Rizzo for a, for a pile of dicks and told their fan base to suck them. Before we get into the headliner, let's talk about an article that Mike Singer just laid out just not that long ago. Actually, it was quite a while ago because the Rams game took for fucking ever. We're jumping back a little bit here now. But the Nuggets have basically, or sources have basically indicated that there's no guarantee that Jamal Murray plays this year. It's a 50-50 proposition. The sources have also made it pretty clear throughout this that it's a mental block. Um, they've made it pretty clear that it will be up to him if he wants to play, which means that it's not... They're trying to shift blame to him by saying, come back whenever you're ready. They're, they're inadvertently shifting, shifting blame to him because it, it makes him sound like he's weak. If he is physically cleared to play, I, I think that it reflects poorly on him that he's not playing. Which he, he hasn't been physically cleared to play yet, but they think he will be 
100% physically cleared to play. But he's 50-50 to resume, so it's going to be mental. So that shifts blame away from the squad and onto him. Puts pressure on him to come back, in my opinion. Maybe, maybe that's a bad take. We shouldn't be pressuring people to come back from injuries before they're ready. And I'm not saying that we pressure him. It just seems like they're shifting blame. And if we don't see him, it, it will be because he isn't mentally capable not because he had a physical setback, because he's not mentally capable of playing this year. Just thought that was interesting. All right, now let's go into the CSU Rams-San Diego State semi-finals game. First off, this game started at 10. It just ended 12.30, Mountain Time. Fucking bullshit that this went that late. There's no reason that you should have a game go two and a half hours long at, and start at 10. I mean, Jesus Christ. I get it. A million teams want to play in Las Vegas right now. <laughs> but start the games earlier. You know? Just because California, it's it's only 11.30 there. You know, it's just pisses me off. Another thing, I'm so glad I'm not a fan of the Aztecs. They're a good team. They're really good at basketball. But man, what an ugly style they play. It's just tough nose and brutal, and and there's no beautiful game to their offensive side. There's no finesse. There's nothing. The reason they won is because a bunch of chuckers had balls fall. Well, that's the reason why they put up the points that they did in the first half. They had chuckers, and the chuckers put them in the net. You know, in reality, the reason why the Rams lost, there's a myriad of reasons. They were sloppy with the ball. They got owned in the paint. Were they owned in the paint because Deshaun Thomas doesn't play enough? I don't know. Last time I last time I did the pod, I said he's playing too much. Who knows? Are they just too small in general? Probably. Is David Roddy sometimes confused on the defensive end of the ball? Probably. But I don't think that mistakes led to the loss. I think that the la- the lack of offensive production from the other players, not named Isaiah Stevens and David Roddy, have really hurt them. Towards the end of the season, Chandler Jacobs was coming on. At the beginning of the year, John Tanje was coming on. Isaiah Rivera had games in between. Really haven't seen much out of Lake this year. Moore's, you know, whatever. Thistlewood dropped off the face of the earth. I don't know if he got the yips or something. Coach just decided he wasn't going to play him. But where we thought this team was 10 deep, of late, in this specific tournament, they have been too deep. Now, Chandler Jacobs, he's my guy. I'm not going to write my boy off. He is my guy. But the threes, man, where are the threes at? I once watched him make like 15 threes in a row in warm-ups. Like, he could not miss against, uh, we were courtside against Nevada. He could not miss. And now it's like... They're passing up so many shots. With a team like San Diego State, you can't be passing up shots. But in reality, where, where they continue to struggle is the free throw line. They, they have not performed well there. They were 50% from the free throw line tonight. It's not good enough. They were terrible from three points. They shot 29% from three-pointers. It's not good enough. You get Stevens out of there, three of five. They are three of 16. All four from Kendall Moore, including three air balls. It's not good enough. David Roddy is two of five. He airballed. It's not good enough. 
John Tanjay, 0 3 from 3, not good enough. David Roddy, 6 of 10 from the free throw line. I mean, sure, but you'd really like for them to be better. Isaiah Rivera really had a tough game tonight. He really played poorly on both sides of the ball. He had a key turnover at the end, but it just. I don't know, man. It just was not a well put together game by the Rammies. They only lost, well, they lost by five, but they were down by two with like 10 seconds left. They really had a shot. And then a poor offensive possession, a poor defensive possession, and then a poor offensive possession again led them into trouble. Now, Isaiah Stevens shot them back into the game various times tonight. For them to be successful, though, they need Chandler Jacobs to shoot the three pointer. They need Isaiah Rivera to be locked in, to not have the moment be too big for him. They need Jay Morris to stop making bonehead plays, to pull down boards. Jay Morris, you got one rebound. It's not enough. It's not enough. And you know it's not enough. Deshaun Thomas, I thought you played fine tonight. Other nights have been really critical of you. You played fine tonight. One or two from three. Those are your only shots tonight. You played really limited minutes. Uh, Coach seems to like, yeah, like to have you in the first five minutes of a half and then not play the rest of the game. He has a system, and I don't understand the system. I don't often agree with Nico Medved's in-game tactics, but the team is 25-5, and five, so it's, it's working. It is working. What, what they need to just, I don't know, they maybe have like a Zen master come, have a therapist come. They need to calm down. Because when they get to the big game, the game is usually too big for them. Now, David Roddy had 22 points, 9 rebounds, 4 assists, 3 steals, and a block. It's a great stat line. But he made several mistakes, including 3 plays under the basket that killed them tonight. Maybe more. I can call 3 out on the top of my head. Where they just got destroyed because David Roddy made a mistake um, with switches. On one play, they showed the replay. And... He is literally defending no one on a play where he is supposed to be covering the back the weak side, and there's nobody to cover the weak side. John Tanjay's got to pull, be pulled across the floor. Isaiah Rivera has to come out of nowhere because David Roddy is literally guarding no one around the around the top of the key. There's just there's just some mistakes that have to be tightened up. Now it's a mid major team. We're not going to be mad at the mid-major team for making mid-major mistakes. These are good players. They're fun to watch. They're good. They're a good team. I've watched them so many times this year, and they're a good team. And I shouldn't just belittle them calling them mid-majors. They're a good team no matter who they're playing. They proved that against Mississippi State, a team that stacked up decently against their own conference, the SEC. But the reality is, is the moment has been too big for them at times. And I'd like for them to try to calm the fuck down before they get to the NCAA tournament. Because they they don't want to be one and done. They have built for this. For three years now. Four years now. They have built for this. Nico Medved has built for this. And if you send the seniors out, David Roddy gets drafted. This team is rebuilding again. Nico Medved might be gone. And you'll have nothing to show but a one and done in the NCAA tourney. So now that you've lost in the Mountain West Conference tournament, you have to make noise. This has to have been for something. You have to show up, and the moment can't be too big. David Roddy, you be a brute. You make them call fouls on you 
but you can't have mental lapses on the backside of defense. If you're the biggest player on the floor, you got to be you got to be aware of that. You got to be aware that you're a weak side defender when you're the biggest player on the floor. You got to be aware that you are the the defense when there's blowbys on the perimeter. That's your guy. And when the when there are blowbys, whoever is next in line, probably Chandler Jacobs, probably John Tanjay, have to be aware of the guy in the dunker spot that Roddy has just pulled away from to defend the the blowby. This is basic stuff. You have to be aware of the dunker spot. You have to be aware of the blow-by. Weak side defense has to be there. You have to be mentally tough. I know these guys are strong. They won't let the season be for nothing because they are tough. They are a stalwart Ram team. And I believe that they will make noise. Will, Will they get deep? Probably not. The odds are not with them. But I wouldn't bet against them, man. They just need to believe and keep their head on straight and don't let the moment be too big. I'm going to cash it in. It's fucking late. I'm tired and I'm ranting. These boys, man, it was just, it was a tough one, man. Because they fought like hell. They just did not have it mentally tonight. You could tell. So they'll bring it next time. And, uh, yeah, maybe, maybe we'll uh, be talking Rams again on the 16th after a win in the first round. This has been Tim Talks Sports. Go ahead and follow me on Tim Talks Pod on Twitter. Uh, you can go ahead and check out all the other shows that I've tweeted out on there. Actually, as of right now, it's just Tim Talks Sports, Tim Talk Broncos. There's going to be a Tim Talks Movies podcast dropping tomorrow. I know I'm a week late, but I'm going to be talking about the Batman and the Atom Project. Also, go ahead and review this podcast, tell your friends, share it around, do all that business. I, I feel irresponsible telling people how to bet, um, but if, if you like to bet, go to the last podcast show notes, and there's a link in the description that helps me out. I'm not going to give out bets because, I mean, I, I gave out one bet last, last time I did this. Let's see, I gave out Boston and Detroit and, and, and Detroit coverage, so, and... I, I thought Boston was going to smoke him. There's no reason that Detroit should have hung in that game. And they and they didn't have any reason. Detroit led at the half by one point, and Boston won by 11. There's no reason why the Celtics should not have covered. So, anyways, I don't know that I'll give out bets. <laughs> I just feel bad, right? Uh, but if you want to uh, participate in supporting my betting habit, go on ahead. Uh, Like I said, the link's in the show notes from the last pod. Y'all have a good one. Stay safe. Uh, Have a good trip back from uh, Las Vegas. And I know that we are proud to be CSU Rams. Uh, Y'all have a good one. Peace.